Hi everyone, welcome to the Dance Science Podcast. I'm your host, the Dance Scientist, and the Dance Science Podcast intends to build connections and drive discussion on how we can improve our field and make dance science more normalized. Thank you for being here and please enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm your host, the Dance Scientist, and today we're going to be having our ninth guest speaker. Her name is Cynthia Donovan, and she is a registered dietitian. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. I am so excited to be here, Maria. And before we dive into things, I know we don't do a lot of editing here, but I just want to make sure we are all good to be recorded. Yes. Um, Okay, awesome. Yep. So um, thank you for having me. I'm so glad we got to connect. And um, over Instagram, I can't remember how I found you, but the algorithm drove me to you. And I think I might have reached out and said, what a great opportunity for us to do some podcasting together. So thank you so much for having me here. Yes, this is going to be a really great conversation and really, really important in today's world of dance. And we're kind of going to get into that today. So first, can you just tell us a little bit more about what you do as a registered dietitian? Yeah, so I have been a registered dietitian for over 10 years. So I think I might be pushing 15, but that makes me sound old, um, which I'm not. (laughs) So um, I've been a dietitian for quite some time and um, I have uh, worked in various areas of nutrition, uh, such as clinical, like in the hospital settings, home care settings, rehab settings, uh, community settings, so forth. And about maybe five years ago, I decided uh, to start my own business. And it wasn't like an overnight decision by any means. Uh, This is something I always had in the back of my head. I'm always an entrepreneur at heart. And um, through my own struggles as a woman who lost her menstrual cycle, I decided what better way to fuse my experience as a woman who lost her menstrual cycle with my credentials as a registered dietitian to provide nutrition, rehabilitation to those in need to be their truly their healthiest self. So that's what I've been doing for like the past five years and it's all virtual work and I get to work with women across the world through various avenues uh, to help them regain not only their menstrual cycle to be their healthiest self, but to really regain their uh, life back because many of them are very uh, fixated on what they eat, what they can eat when they're exercising and so forth. So it's really coming full circle for them to be able to relax around food and relax around exercise and also be their healthiest self. Because without a menstrual cycle, a healthy menstrual cycle, uh, there's really a lot of health uh, implications that, mm. that are caused. So. so again, this is going to be a really relevant and important conversation for dancers because still, unfortunately, there are still those outdated teaching traditions still being taught. And one of them specifically is that some teachers view losing your period as like a good thing or like a sign of that, oh, wow, you're really getting to be a strong dancer when you lose your period. That could not be farther from the truth. And unfortunately, there is a lot of... uh, 
misinformation out there and lack of education as I know I'm preaching to the choir right Maria (laughs) so you know and then there's also not only lack of information lack of education misinformation but there's also uh, many of us taken to our own personal viewpoints or upbringing on what nutrition or what maybe a healthy dancer might look like and so not having a cycle that means nothing but you are driving your body so hard and insufficiently underfueling it that it has said whoa like things aren't safe around here i must conserve energy at all costs and i am shutting down the reproductive hormones and you might say well that's fine i'm not gonna have any babies anytime soon because i don't know maybe you're 16 right it doesn't matter right. if you want kids now, in the future, never, whatever it may be. It's impacting your bone health. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you're still, if you're under the age of, let's say, you know, I would say eighteen, you're still growing, mm-hmm. and you are not only needing energy to grow, but you should have a menstrual cycle by that point. Mm-hmm. And um, so, bone health. So you're going to be more at risk for breaking bones, more at risk for injuries, more at risk for stress fractures. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget um, another biggie is heart health. So there's Mm -hmm. recent studies showing now that the lack of estrogen Mm -hmm. is impacting your heart health, Mm -hmm. even that young. Unfortunately, or I guess fortunately, I don't know, either way, you're not going to see these implications on your heart probably until you're like an old lady. Um, and I don't mean like in your forties, <laughs> but I'm talking probably, um, later, a little bit later on in life. So there is so much research out there and more coming on, you know, the, the various health implications to the heart and just to, um, also throw that in there, not to scare anyone, but heart disease in women is mm-hmm. the leading cause of death. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's something to take very seriously. So it, it again, to, come full circle with that, uh, losing your period as a dancer should be the reddest red flag that you can even think of because it's impacting so much. And again, I reiterate this in like every conversation that I have, but I really want to continue to preach this is that we're not just talking short term here, right? We're not just talking like in a month, they're going to have these issues. We're actually talking things that are going to be rippling into the rest of your life, right? Absolutely. what we're getting at here, yeah. Absolutely. And not to mention, like, if you truly love dance and it's truly a passion of yours, then, you know, you shouldn't be willing to put your your career, your dance career at risk. Right. Um, So, and sometimes it's hard to focus on, you know, what could be happening in the future. But as far as health things go, where there's a direct correlation to lack of estrogen, missing cycles, to heart disease, to osteoporosis, to infertility, that's it's definitely something to um, awaken in yourself. But unfortunately, as you know this, Maria, knowledge doesn't always equal behavior change. Of course. It takes more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. So can you describe your journey a little bit more in dance, cheerleading, and gymnastics, and kind of what led you into becoming a registered dietitian? Absolutely. So I 
started dance when I think it was before kindergarten. And um, I could still picture myself in this like pink little tutu with this glittery um, stuff on it. And I absolutely loved it. So I danced, I can't remember for how many years, uh, but dance led into gymnastics. And um, then I wasn't willing to make gymnastics and a bit of dance my whole life because I really wanted to play with my friends and have summers and no one else was, you know, going to practice and stuff like that. So I eventually... I don't want to say fell off, but, you know, there's certain levels that you, you know, go up and up and up. And if you don't stay consistent with it, then you're going to end up in a level where people are a lot younger than you and so forth. So I'm like, ah, that's when I kind of morphed into cheerleading. So I got a little bit of dance. I got a little bit of gymnastics and not so much, um, I guess, time commitment, Mm -hmm. a little bit more fun and stuff like that. So And I could tell you after I graduated high school, um, so I've done some form of dance, some form of uh, cheerleading, gymnastics throughout being a little girl. And um, at those particular times, I would say through maybe up until high school, I was just, you know, I I wasn't taken back by any of the body image stuff that comes up with, you know, dancing and cheerleading and gymnastics. But um, I did start to notice, like, I, I... I am a smaller girl, so I'm only barely 5'1". And uh, I'm like, well, why aren't I a flyer, right? Because I'm smaller, but I was, quote unquote, heavier than, you know, the other one. So that's where it sort of started to kind of implant in my mind, like, oh, maybe I need to look a certain way. And flash forward, I started all-star cheerleading once I um, got out of uh, high school because I still went to continue on. And that's when we had the crop tops. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, I must be able to, you know, look good in this crop top. Um, So the reason why I'm sharing this is that let's make sure our love for dance, Mm. cheerleading, gymnastics, whatever it may be, whatever your sport is, to be about the sport and not about the aesthetics Mm. of it. Because that's where it started to go for me as I got a little bit older. Um, But it wasn't until... Gosh, my early 20s, I believe, where I lost my my cycle. And I'll, I'll share a little bit about that in a moment. But um, high school, I was always interested in nutrition. Um, didn't know there was a career about it. And then I was a pre-med major. I went to be a physician's assistant. And then I was like, oh, I cannot do calculus. I was horrible in math. And then my advisor, yeah, I am not math. Um, my brain just doesn't work that way. But science all day long. Um so my advisor said, wow, you know what? Nutrition would be a great um, career path for you. I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even know that was a thing. And I'm already in alignment with, um, you know, being quote unquote healthy and, and stuff like that. So I decided to, um, after getting my two-year degree um, at a community college, I decided to go to a state university and uh, got my bachelor's in nutrition. And in order to become an, uh, an RD, you have to do a dietetic internship of, oh, I can't even remember how many supervised practice hours, and then you have to sit for an exam to become credentialed. So I graduated and I went right into my internship and decided to dually do my master's degree at the same time, which I'm so glad I did because after going through all of that, I don't know if I'd wanted to go back to school, oh, yeah. but you never know. Um, so then uh, I graduated. And a few months later, I took my registration exam after my internship. And um, 
passed it on my first try, which thankfully I did because it was really nerve wracking. And uh, now from then on, I have to keep up so many continuing education uh, units. And just want to throw out there, you might hear a lot of people call themselves nutritionists out there. Yes. And then there's registered dietitians. Yes. So you all have to be very careful mm-hmm. uh, because in most states, anybody can call themselves a nutritionist yes. and they might have taken a, you know, five hour course. Yeah. Uh, so, I see them all. I see those courses all the time. That's like an, yes. a day long. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. again, not saying like, you know, if this is something you are doing or know someone, I'm not shunning them. I'm just saying for you, particularly mm-hmm. as a dancer, as potentially a professional athlete or training to be one, you know, making sure you are getting uh, nutrition information from a credible source. Yes. And it's interesting that you bring that up because actually there's research that states that dancers are notorious for getting their nutrition information from uncredible resources so i'm really glad that you brought that up like you know they'll see the instagram influencers who are just kind of like promoting a random supplement and they'll automatically trust that Mm -hmm. that supplement can work for them and it's it's scary And, (laughs) and let me tell you guys like marketing if a person knows how to market oh yeah they can sell you anything a garbage bag Yes, yes, yeah. So being very, very careful. And I know it's hard not to get caught up in, you know, the social media stuff. I mean, I didn't have to grow up with that, but you just got to take a pause and see and really look into what this person is is preaching um, and doing uh, because it can become very dangerous uh, for you. And then sometimes I've come across profiles where they just don't list any credentials at all. So then I just figured that maybe they just don't have any, right? Chances are. Yeah. Chances are. And again, there's so much out there on social media. Um, Actually, my cousin and I were just talking earlier today. We know someone who um, just got this nutrition certification and she's calling herself a nutritionist. And she's like, that's so annoying. I'm like, I totally get that. Uh, She's like, especially for you. I said, I know, I get that. I said, but in the state that we live in, literally anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, yeah. anybody. And so this particular woman took, I don't know, maybe a few hour course or, you know, a self-study thing. Um, and again, there's, you know, if that's something she wants to do, great, awesome. Uh, but for you as a dancer, as potentially a, pot- a professional athlete or morphing into that, you gotta gotta get your credible sources and um, get someone that can really uh, serve you and help you excel in what you're doing and not go the other way. Yeah, and actually there's like a lot of parallels in the Pilates world because now there's like those fast Pilates certifications that people get too. When mine took, mm-hmm. you know, like literally five years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yes, it can be frustrating seeing stuff like yeah. that where people can get it in like a day. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, but then, like, you know, difference yep. being we, you know, I don't know if with Pilates certification, but, you know, as a registered dietitian, I have to do so many continuing education units. Yes. And I have to Every keep year. abreast. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, there's also not only the nutrition information that goes into so much of this, but it's also um, a lot of behavior change yes. uh, theories, some CBT, which is cognitive based therapy. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot more to it than just 
information. Yes, because giving the information to them is really only half of the battle. Yes. Especially yes. when it comes to dancers. Yeah. Absolutely. They need the implementation. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So through your specialization and being a registered dietitian, how do you see this kind of contributing to the big picture of progressing dancers' overall health? Oh, gosh, so much on this, Maria. <laughs> I can't wait to dig into this. Um, so, all right, let's start, let's start earlier on in the lifespan um, of maybe the prepubescent uh, dancer. So we'll just say, I don't know, maybe around 12, 13 years old, um, which is right now typical of a, a woman or a girl to start uh, their menstrual cycle. Uh, but you may find in the dance community, this typically they'll get their periods much later. Yeah. Um, but I would say by 16 at the very, like I'm just like, that's, I'm probably even giving more of a grace period. But by 16, if not, I would say really by 14, like, 14, if you haven't between then haven't gotten a menstrual cycle yet or at least seeing signs and symptoms of it coming, that's a red flag that you are outputting more energy than you're inputting. So you are working out, dancing more than you're actually eating. Right. So and what will likely happen is you'll go to the pediatrician and the pediatrician will be like, you're fine. You're a dancer. You know, this is common. This happens. Mm -hmm. And across the board, for the most part, um, you'll see that. But in fact, it is not mm -hmm. normal to have not, again, 16 is like way, I think, I'm again, being lenient with that. Mm -hmm. But if by 16, you haven't gotten a period, big red flag. Uh, so and I'm not saying to go against what your doctor is saying. Um, but also, there is much... Um, lack of knowledge base when it comes to menstrual cycles for doctors across the board. I'm not just talking pediatricians, I'm talking OBGYNs, fertility doctors, so forth. So if this happens to you or is happening to you or is happening to, you know, your daughter, if you're a parent listening, uh, the, the fix here is more food, more rest. Mm -hmm. And potentially maybe um, a break um, with with dancing because first of all, if you're not getting a menstrual cycle when you're supposed to, again, bone health is being impacted. Mm -hmm. And if you want, you know, to be that strong dancer that's going to have longevity and maybe dance into her 30s, uh, it's really important that you do the work now to get a healthy menstrual cycle. So. Going into your pediatrician, if this is, you know, you and you're listening or you're a parent, you know, uh, coming armed with, well, I, I know this is common in dancers, but I know this is not. Um, and feel free to say, I heard a registered dietitian on Maria's <laughs> podcast uh, talk about this. So that's uh, point um, one. So being younger, maybe have not gotten your, your period yet. And then when you do get it, a lot of times it'll be a regular for, I can't remember the stats on, but we'll just say for the first year. Mm -hmm. um, don't quote me on the time frame. And uh, what will also happen there is doctors will give you the birth control pill, mm -hmm. even though you're not trying to prevent having babies, but the birth control pill um, they use 
for treating irregular Mm -hmm. periods, which it really was never put on this planet. It was put on the planet to prevent people from not having kids when they, you know, didn't want them. So uh, the birth control pill does not regulate, Mm -hmm. does not kickstart, does not fix any underlying problems. So uh, that's one thing. And also too, um, it, it, there's a lot of health implications that come along with having being on birth control pills. Um, and I'm not going to go into them because I'm, I'm not really an expert in like the pharmaceutical component and how it affects, but um, there is, there's, if you read the little, little packet that it comes with, like when you get drugs, it says, you know, all the things about it. Take a peek at that. Mm-hmm. And that'll, you'll be able to see all the um, negative uh, things of uh, birth control. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing just to look out for that if docs are like, oh, here's the pill that that's doing nothing but putting a Band-Aid on it. Right. And doctors might also say, well, it'll protect your bones. It does, if you are under fueling, studies are now showing that it does not do anything for your bones. Mm-hmm. Um, hormone replacement therapy, which is different than birth control pills, could potentially impact, you know, your bones in a good way if you are still under fueling at the time. So, um, there's, yeah, it's just, it's really a band-aid. So it's the misinformation too. It's, I know it's tricky. I know. I was one of those women, Maria, like I, I was a younger girl and I was super active, you know, with dance, cheerleading, so forth. And, um, I got my period late in life. I think I was like maybe 15 and uh, then it was a regular. And so doctors were like, here's the pill. Then I was on the pill for 10 plus years, came off the pill when I was, you know, late mid twenties. I'm like, well, I'm getting married soon. Might want to have babies, blah, blah, blah. Came off the pill, no period. Really? I'm like, okay, what's going on? And doctors were like, oh, this is normal. You've been on the pill for so long. FYI, this is not normal. If you do not have any underlying issues, um, with your menstrual cycle, you're going to get a period within the next month. So I didn't, then I was, you know, this kind of goes into later on in the lifespan of again, doctors treating your missing period with a pill. And so doctors recommendations are, oh, Cynthia, back on the pill because that'll help kickstart, regulate, blah, blah, blah. Um, and again, just a bandaid. And so it took me a good, Maria, five years to figure out what the heck was going on with me. What was it? Yeah, it was because I was not eating enough and I was not resting enough. Okay. Yes. And so I know. And so, you know. It goes back to the basics, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But let's just talk about the lack of information, misinformation out there, knowledge base. So I was studying to become an RD. And um, I'm like, how did I miss this? Like, how did I miss that this was a thing? So I look back in my medical nutrition therapy book, um, which is like this thousand page book of everything and anything medically related that has something to do with nutrition. And there was literally a half of page about hypothalamic amenorrhea, Mm -hmm. which is a loss of period due to low energy availability or not having enough food and rest. And all it said in there was this happens to women that have a very low BMI, which I didn't. So I'm like, no, that doesn't, I don't fit that. Women that have eating disorders. I'm like, I don't have an eating disorder. And then an athlete. And I'm like, well, I'm not an athlete, but I was training like an athlete. You were technically an athlete. Yes, yes. 
Yes, I, and I was at one point, but in the point of my my 20s, I wasn't really dancing, you know, cheerleading anymore, but I was crossfitting. Okay. And I was working out like two hours a day. So okay. I was training like an athlete. So, But you weren't eating enough to... Nope like fuel no properly. but I thought I was thought Maria, because I wasn't losing any weight uh-huh. so the um the big thing of like calories in versus calories out you know if I eat less calories and I move more I'm going to lose weight it's not always the case when your body becomes smarter than you mm-hmm. because what your body will do is say oh no 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 I need to keep this weight on mm-hmm. because I literally am in famine and even though like you're not in famine because your pantry is right there fully stocked and loaded, that's what your body is thinking. So it's a protection mechanism from the body. And so that's another thing. The protection mechanism from the body is to shut down the sex hormones as well. Mm-hmm. There's not enough energy out there to, to do that. Mm-hmm. It will also shut down digestion. So a lot of people have digestive issues, concentration issues, having a hard time remembering choreography. I just want to add in the dance stuff. I actually had a client who was in her early 20s and going on to be a professional dancer. And she's like, oh my gosh, she's like, Cynthia, I can't even believe how much more the choreography is coming to me and I'm being able to remember. Yeah, I've gotten a DM once about somebody asking me about how to remember choreography better. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that. Eat more, girlfriends, (laughs) eat more. And boyfriends (laughs) and everyone else. Uh, Because, you know, low energy availability, because there are some, you know, dancers that are not, you know, female out there. Um, And the same thing could happen in any gender or sex if we're under fueling. Uh, The fact that people with uteruses that are put on this earth to procreate will not be able to do that. With the pill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so to kind of recircle back there, you know, across the lifespan, the starts as young as your teens, um, moving into your 20s. And uh, Maria, I can't tell you how many of my clients are like, I was on birth control pills for like 10 years and now I'm off. I'm getting married and I don't have a period or I'm trying to have a baby now. I don't have a period. And, you know, what gives? And Unfortunately, it all goes back to the education. So if our medical professionals, if I was as a registered dietitian, was educated appropriately to know that hypothalamic amenorrhea, missing periods, doesn't fit into this little box of people that have very low BMIs and that are athletes. It can affect other people any, as well. Yes, okay. yes, okay. yes. At, at any weight, any size, any athletic ability, or even those particular uh, people that are not working out on a regular basis. So, so is this what kind of kickstarted you to specialize in this specific thing? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because having the empathy of knowing firsthand what these individuals are going through, not just for them personally, like the struggles with potentially body image, being afraid of eating certain foods and resting, taking rest days, uh, which are so important. And uh, it's the frustration of the a lack of information from our medical professionals mm. because you're going the first thing when you have you know menstrual regulators where are you going first you're not going to instagram to be like i have a missing period um Doctor. which is which is being used more of as a search engine now um which i think could be helpful um but also could be scary yeah. but uh you're going to your doctor mm. and your doctor unfortunately is uh lacking the information um knowledge base of 
how to appropriately care for a woman with amenorrhea. Right, because that's really not their specialty at the end of the day. No, no. And the thing is, doctors are humans just like you and I. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get a lot from clients of mine, like, you know, my my family says I should just listen to my doctor and stuff like that. And and I get that because we, a lot of us have grew up in the era of like, the doctor knows everything. The doctor went to school for like a million years. You kind of idolize them. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, your body better than anybody in this world. I agree with that. Uh, so whether they've had 20 years of medical, you know, training and schooling, you know, your body best and they're humans just like you and I, like I'm a dietitian. I don't know everything about nutrition. Yeah. You shouldn't, there's no way to know every single thing. No. No. And so being able to specialize in this area, Maria is, you know, of course, I want to help these uh, women one-on-one through coaching and um, individualization of what they need to do for their period. But a big mission of mine also is to spread the awareness about this topic, to get more people in the know so that they can be better advocates for themselves and take care of their health a lot sooner than, you know, being 70 years old and having a heart attack and thinking you're the healthiest person in the world and not knowing <laughs> why you had a heart attack when you've been lacking estrogen for like your whole life. Mm. Um, so, and I also wanted to add, if you haven't gotten a period yet at all, your doctor might have told you like, well, you maybe you just won't get one. That is so far from the truth. Yeah, I, so, I don't think I've ever heard that, but yeah, I hope not. I've, because Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, or maybe you just won't or you're in pre- pre-menopause or um, ovarian failure, which ovarian failure, there is such a thing, um, but, and it's very, very rare. So yeah, being an advocate for yourself. Um, and that's, you know, half of the reason why I do what I do so that um, nobody struggles like I did mm. um, out there trying to find answers upon answers. And obviously, like I've said many times, this is a really relevant conversation for dancers because I know there there are dancers out there still underfueling, still not fueling themselves as high performance athletes because they really should be considered high performance athletes, right? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, surpassing normal human movement, right? (laughs) On a daily basis. (laughs) Absolutely. And I do want to say to just recircle back about the pill, and so if you are a dancer and your doctor puts you on birth control bill, that period that you're getting is not a real period. It's oh, a withdrawal bleed. Okay. So um, you might say, oh, I'm getting a regular period on the pill. I must be eating enough. No, it'll mask your missing period. It'll mask mm-hmm. the underlying reason. So you could also be a dancer though that is getting a regular period, mm-hmm. but you may not be ovulating, which again, I didn't know anything about the menstrual cycle until I don't know, like when I started having these difficulties, right? Yeah, because so ovulation mm-hmm. is key. Mm-hmm. And we should and be having so, these conversations, is what I was going to say. Yes, too. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, fueling is going to help you not only be healthy and get a menstrual cycle, but it's also going to help your performance mm-hmm. in dance. Mm-hmm. And Maria, if you told me years ago, like if you take more rest days and you eat more, you're going to be not only a healthier version of yourself, but your body is going to fall into like the place, the weight, 
the size that it it should be naturally. Dancers really no way. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> nope. I can't take any rest days. I'm going to lose my progress. Right. And flash forward, I eat more than I ever have. I rest more than I ever have. I am the strongest and fittest I have ever been in my entire life. Mm. So you know, doing more doesn't always equal you know being stronger yeah um, and i've talked about that i had another conversation with a movement specialist and we were kind of talking about the same thing with exercises that you know dancers think like they need the most complex exercise sometimes so it's an interesting parallel for today's conversation because again we're going back to a, a lot of just the basics of just yes. fueling resting hydration just the basics Absolutely. And I want to add too, these intense exercises, we'll just say outside of your normal dance stuff. Um, maybe you're doing cardio on the outside. Girlfriend, you do not need to do cardio outside of your cardio that you're getting through dance. Like, and, and I mean, if there's other people out there that disagree with me, that's fine. But if this particular woman girl is not getting a regular menstrual cycle or not getting one at all, what happens when we do these intense physical activities our stress hormones are being elevated and when our stress hormones are being elevated it's affecting a million different things Cortisol. and so when we yeah when we switch these exercises to do low intense mm -hmm. um our body is not only you know being able to rest more and you're able to take the food that you're eating and put it more towards your overall energy needs uh, but the cortisol is down and you're able to build better muscle um you're able to get stronger um, because cortisol is is a stress hormone that we um, we don't need on a regular basis. Um, so yeah, there's also that. So low intense movement, rest days. And I'm not talking about the rest days I used to take. And that would be like, oh, my rest day is a three mile run. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, rest, rest. Get your butt on the couch or you know, do something that doesn't require movement. Um, and I know sometimes it doesn't feel productive mm -hmm. because a lot of us are type A personalities, right. especially it's as like dancers. What, it's wired, yeah. It's hardwired yeah. sometimes, yes. What you can do that's so much more productive for your body than being active during the times you should be resting is to not be active. Mm. Um, that's contributing to muscle growth. It's contributing to your overall well-being and health, so... Mm -hmm. And then what advice would you give a student interested in pursuing this specific field? Oh, well, I would say do it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. um, I was fortunate enough to be led to where I am today, which I wake up every day, Maria, and I pinch myself that I get to do what I do. I wholeheartedly love it. I get to change lives. I get to better lives. Uh, so, and I sometimes get to create life, which mm. is so cool mm. because a lot of the women I work with are experiencing infertility. So um, they're able to get a regular menstrual cycle back and make a baby. So that's super exciting. But in my earlier phases, I was doing it out of the reason for control to learn more about what I was putting in my body because I wanted to be my healthiest self, which my healthiest self, Maria, at that particular time was to be my thinnest of self. Of course, of course, right? Yeah. Typical. And Yes. And so thin does not equal health. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I kind of got into it. And I'm like, oh, this will be awesome. I can put people on diets and, you know, make sure I'm my healthiest self. 
So uh, again, fortunate enough that my path led me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. So making sure it's for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of a lot of women that go to school to be um, RDS and they have underlying eating disorders or mm-hmm. disordered eating. So, which is you know what we don't pick that we don't pick the eating disorder, disordered eating. But if you can say you know I want to do this to better my health um, and to help others while you're simultaneously working on healing what's going on with you, um, then I say go for it. So uh, that was for me. But I again. I was going to be a physician's assistant and I'm so glad I I chose this path because Mm -hmm. today, you know, 10 years later or however many years it's been, there's nowhere in the world I would rather be. So Mm -hmm. making sure again, it's for the right reasons. Second, um, what do you want to do with it? What do you want to do with uh, your RD credentials? Uh, So trying to be mindful about that because now I believe you're required to get your master's degree Mm -hmm. with this. And so making sure that, you know, I mean, unless there's an an unlimited budget that you're going to school and not drowning yourself in student loan debt when you might be making more um, working at Target. And I'm not saying not to go, but just being careful of... um, I think there's a lot of career paths in dietetics that are um, underpaying um, mm-hmm. us. So, um, so that's that's important to look out to. But mm-hmm. the opportunities are endless with becoming a dietitian. So um, feel free if anyone ever wants to reach out that's listening to this. I would love to uh, share more um, about entrepreneurship and different areas and fields and, and stuff like that within nutrition. Yeah, and we'll be talking about this more, but where can people learn more about you and how can they access your amazing resources? So the best place to find me is period, so P-E-R-I-O-D dot nutritionist on Instagram. And my website is periodnutritionist.com. And I also have a podcast, Mm -hmm. which Maria uh, was a guest on. And uh, that is called the Period Recovery Podcast. So those would be the best ways to find me, to learn more about me, to access any resources I might have. Um, I do want to say right now, I am not working with individuals under the age of 19. However, um, you can still gain amazing knowledge from my page. Um, And what I like to tell those individuals that are a little bit younger, um, I am working on something for you guys. Um, And also... Um, what I do on my page, yes, it's for more of the adults that are kind of done growing. So that means whatever I'm talking about, you need more of because you are still growing. Yes. Makes sense. I like that. Yeah. And we'll be including all of her information right on my website. So if you just had to give like one bit of tidbit of wisdom to our audience today, what would that be? I would say... Define your um, your version of health, mm. right? And do not base that version on what you look like on the outside. That's some good because, advice right there. Yes, <laughs> you are more than what you appear on the outside. And I wish, I mean, I want to say I wish someone told me that when I was younger, but I don't know if I would have listened. I don't, <laughs> I yeah. Really don't. <laughs> right? Sometimes but, it's like, would I have listened? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going to pretend I would. So I'm going to kind of say this as part of me telling my younger self that, 
you know, you are so much more than your body. You're so much more than what you eat, what you can do. You are this amazing, unique person that is underneath this craziness of keeping up with societal standards of being thin and, you know, being the best at everything that you are just as amazing is if you weren't dancing or if you weren't eating a certain way or if you didn't look a certain way. Because mm, uh, life is short and it is so much more um, and so much more for you to experience out there than worrying about constantly what you're doing as far as your body image, your dance schedule and, and so forth. There's just so much out there. I love that. And it's honestly, it's just really, really helpful for dancers to hear, hear this. Yes, yeah, yes, incredible yes. source like you. It just means a lot. So thank you. Yes, thank you. My pleasure being here, Maria. There's mm-hmm. nowhere, like I said, nowhere on this earth, maybe except I sort of like to be doing this job, maybe in Italy or potentially Greece, and just being able to travel the world. Uh, but I do have two little young, you know, two two little boys that are four and six right now. Um, but I wish I could take them with me around the world. We would do that. Um, but until then, I'm here in New York State, and um, I will travel when I can. And I would love to also ask you, can you talk to us a little bit more about the services that you offer? Absolutely. So um, as I mentioned before, right now, um, you would be eligible to work with me if you were 19 years or older. I have worked with younger clients, but that is, it's based on a few things. And so if you're like, oh my gosh, this sounds, you know, amazing. I really need to talk with Cynthia. We can, we can talk. And, and figure out something potentially uh, to see if you're at a, a good fit, even though maybe you're not at that, you know, actual age. So, um, but if you are over the age of 19, so things that I offer are some private coaching, which is very, very limited because uh, I really like to focus on uh, those clients individually and give them all my time and energy. And in addition, I'm also doing group coaching where um, it's a community and we're having weekly group coaching calls. You're getting access to a ton of the educational material, community and so forth. Um, so, and that is also limited to capacity because it's really important to me, Maria, that my all my clients are getting the very best of me. Right. And if I spread myself too thin, um, and then on top of that, I am a mom. So it's not my biggest, um, my biggest, most time consuming job. Uh, But those are the services I I offer at current. Mm -hmm. um, And who knows what will happen in the future Mm -hmm. um, as I continue to uh, grow this this community of of women um, that are missing their periods and wanting to get them back or, um, you know, get pregnant and just really establish a more balanced relationship with food and exercise. And isn't Instagram amazing as being this like connector for, yes. you know, connecting with like-minded people all over the world? Absolutely. Absolutely. I am just so grateful for it. And that's definitely one of the biggest perks uh, of social media is being able to, you know, you got to sift through sometimes a lot of misinformation, yeah. <laughs> but there are some amazing practitioners out there. Um, There's some amazing doing... stuff on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You just, like we said, sift through and if it sounds questionable, you can ask someone or you can just check out their credentials. Sometimes they don't have their credentials listed though. <laughs> yep, yep. And that's hopefully they have a website where you can yeah. find more about them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just being very uh, leery because some people out there on Instagram, TikTok, so forth, th- their marketing game is strong. Oh, um, very strong. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, which doesn't um, imply that they are credentialed or um, able to guide you. And I can't tell you, Maria, how many women come to me and they're like, well, I tried this and I tried that and this naturopath, da, 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 da. and like, how am I supposed to know? Like, you are going to be able to serve me. And, um, you know, so go to, you know, as best as you can find, go to the source that you think is going to be able to serve you and kind of take out the shiny glittery portions. Because if someone comes to me and says, you know, you're, I want my period back. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to help you. You know, I'm going to serve you and getting your period back, but also I'm going to give you all the structure, the planning, everything you need, but this is also going to be hard. Right. And um, I think, you know, people sometimes want those quick fixes. Yes. You know, yes. Even with the exercises, the they, yeah, uh-huh. they're like, oh, I can get my splits in a day if I just do yeah. this crazy thing. Yeah. It's so many parallels in these worlds. Yes. It's the same so things many. happening. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for today's amazing conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yes, Maria, me too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. All right, it's time to wrap up today's amazing conversation with Cynthia Donovan. I really enjoyed today's episode today. We really hit a lot of important points that dancers need to be hearing. And remember, we started with the fact that she's a registered dietitian. She really focuses on helping women get their periods back because that is her true specialization. This is a really relevant conversation for dancers to be having because really most dancers are under fueling. They're not fueling as high performance athletes. And so that's really where we need to start is starting to navigate a lot of this misinformation that we see out there, right? And if we see something that we don't necessarily think is true or we kind of are starting to question, we need to either bring it forth to somebody that is qualified or maybe check their credentials in their profile or head over to their website. Again, she was really, really stressing the fact that losing your period is not normal. And she was also talking about a lot of of the physiological things that occur when we lose our period, such as bone health gets affected and then now they're showing that heart health gets affected. So I really enjoyed today's conversation. And again, she really brought forth a lot of this wisdom to our audience that we're more than our bodies and we need to be fueling as high performance athletes. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on today's amazing conversation today on the Dance Science Podcast. I'm your host, the Dance Scientist, and if you really enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to leave a review. You can also rate the episode, and you can also send me a direct message right on Instagram. Thank you for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in my next episode.